I'm for real. I'm glad you're here, man. I had kind of a weird day. Uh, how many of y'all had a weird day? Just show a hand. See if I have a weird day. Yeah. Yeah. I had a weird day. Um, so my weird day ended up like this, that dude, I just, you know, there's some days in life where you just kind of feel this kind of just your day drags you down. You know, some days I, I get, end up getting more and more ramped up and awesome stuff's happening. And it's just exciting. And other days, um, uh, I just end up kind of beat up by the end of the day. And that's today. Um, uh, so I was in my office just a minute ago, four, not a minute ago, like an hour ago, before Greenhouse, and I was just I was thinking about, you know, why, why I wanted to be in Greenhouse tonight. Do I actually want to be in the room tonight? Because I, I have to be, because no one's going to preach otherwise. Um, so I have to be here. So I was like, do I really want to be in Greenhouse tonight? And, and what I walked out of that moment with was that I, I absolutely did. I, I want to be able to stand, like, kind of in that spot where no one's there. Um, and I just want to be able to stand and, and worship and, and shut my eyes and not have anybody talk to me and nobody tell me anything else bad today. I just want to stand right there and get to worship uh, my Savior for a little while tonight. Um, so maybe that's why you showed up tonight. Uh, if you had kind of a weird day and you feel a little bit beat up, um, when the band leads us through the rest of our songs here in a little bit, uh, maybe that's what you seem to do with me. I'm just going to stand right there behind April in front of Jessica and I'm going to shut my eyes. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to white boy dance as much as I want to. And you can judge me if you want. I don't really, I don't really care. All right? That's my plan. I don't know what your plan is, but I hope you got one. It's going to be a great night. Um, I want to pray for us, and then you're going to break up in your small groups, and we'll give you some directions, okay? Let's pray. Father, um, I'm so thankful that, that, uh, that you don't expect out of me um, to always be super happy and always be super pumped and uh, that, that I can bring who I am um, to worship, and you'll meet me there. So, um, God, I'm excited about getting to worship you because you're worthy of that. Uh, for the rest of us in the room who are uh, hot and tired and had difficult days and have projects due and whatever, um, God, I, I pray for them that this time would be one where they can be encouraged and, and filled back up from wherever they came in tonight. Um, meet with us during this time. In your son's name we pray. Amen. I want you to go to First Thessalonians. That's a fun word to say, isn't it? Thessalonians. It's a cool word. First Thessalonians. That's where we're at. I was hanging out with uh, Peter Simpson. Um, I don't know if Peter's here. I don't think he's here. Good. Well, it doesn't matter. It's not a bad story about Peter. It's not a bad story about Peter. Anyway, hanging out with Peter Simpson. He's Paul Simpson's dad. Paul's around here somewhere. Hey, Paul. Um, and, uh, and he was telling me stories. I, 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 like, I like when people just tell me stories sometimes. It's just kind of nice for me to sit back and just let people talk, and I get to absorb. That's fun. I like that. So, uh, so Peter's telling me stories, kind of some, some just like big events in his life that really has changed his conception of faith, and just kind of like big deal stories from his past. And he was telling me this one story about being in college. Now, none of you have been in college, but um, it is awesome, and you should go. Uh, so, because college is good. So, we're, he's in college, and he's, he's um, <clears throat> like, I don't, I don't know if he's a dorm or apartment. It doesn't really matter. Um, but one day, um, a, a, a pair of uh, a pair of guys come and knock at his door, and they've got the the, the white button-down thing and the, the black pants and the bicycles and the helmet and the whole deal. Um, and there's a couple of Mormon guys are at, at his at his door, and, and they're uh, wanting to have a conversation about what he believes. So Peter's a Christian guy, and he's got a pretty strong faith. So he sits down and begins to have this conversation with them about what he believes, and they're talking about what they believe, and they have this whole kind of long conversation, and it doesn't really go well because Peter knows what he believes. Um, and they're really trying to convince him of their viewpoint, and Peter's trying to convince him of his viewpoint, and it, they're just kind of locked, locked horns for a minute, and it's just not going anywhere. So the guys basically decide, hey, this isn't, isn't going to happen today, so um, they, they start to get up to leave. And they've had kind of a long conversation, and Peter's been able to explain all these, these like, theological points out of, of Christianity and done a really good job. And um, I, guess, I guess his passion for his faith had communicated to, to the guys, and... Uh, 
And what Peter told me was that you know, when, the, when those guys got up to leave my apartment, that one guy stopped and he turned and he looked at me and he said, man, if you really believe this as strongly as you, as you seem like you do, then why aren't you out here sharing it with people? I mean, these are the guys that show up in the middle of summer and go to doors where it's, they're not invited and there's door after door after door and they're knocking and they're sharing what they believe. And, and he asks, man, if you're a Christian and, and you really claim to believe this as strongly as you say you do, then why aren't you out doing what we're doing? And he says that struck him and it, it, it just like, it, it, it strikes me, right? I mean, if, if someone else is out there and believes something that's not the, the truth, I mean, that, that they don't have the hope that we have and they're out there, you know, working it, man, putting in the effort, putting in the time to go out and, and, and do something about it. What does that reflect on us if we don't? How does that reflect on me if I don't? That was a tough one. Tonight, I, um, I don't, I don't title sermons a lot, but I did this one. Um, I, just, I, I, I just wanted to kind of put the question in front of us, is, is love enough? Last week, we had a conversation, right, about our job as believers and the way that, the way that we're supposed to live our lives. If you were here last week, we, that's what we did. We're, we're doing three weeks on, on uh, kind of defining big picture attributes of who we're supposed to be. So the first week, we talked about our relationship with God, that we're supposed to be people who have this deep abiding relationship with God, and we talked about that. And last week, we talked about um, loving each other and how as, as Christians, we're supposed to love each other just so, so well and value people the same way God does. And not only at the end, we, we said not only are we supposed to love the people that the other believers, other Christians, but we're supposed to love the people outside these places um, as well as we possibly can. Is love enough? Is loving people outside these walls who don't have a relationship with Jesus, is just loving on them and, and caring for them and meeting needs, and is that enough? Is that all we're called to do? How many of you have ever heard that, um, that phrase? I've seen it on t-shirts, I've seen it all over the place. Uh, it's... it's, it's um, it's share the gospel, and when necessary, use words. Just show of hands. How many of y'all have ever heard that said? Share the gospel, and, and when you have to, use words. I don't own one of those t-shirts. I don't, I don't have that. I don't have it printed on a keychain or whatever. I don't, I don't have that. Because that's always struck me as a little weird. Um, because what, what it says is that, in, it says what my, a lot of my teachers, when I was coming through student ministry, when I was younger, taught me that, that I was supposed to live a life that was above approach. Reproach, not approach. That would be bad. It's just to live a life above reproach. We're also to uh, avoid doing the wrong things and, and, and do the right things. And, um, and then my life was going to be so different than, than the lost world around me that eventually I was going to be so awesome and good and different that, that people were going to come to me and ask me why I was so different. Just kind of this, this, that makes sense to you, like that, that as Christians, we're going to be so great at being Christians that, that people who are not Christians are going to be so attracted to that. They're going to come walk up to me, approach me and say, Britain, man, I want my life to reflect your life because you're just a baller. And um, could you just tell me like what it is about you that makes you so incredible? I don't know if this happened or ever happened to any of you. Maybe I'm just doing it wrong. That's never happened to me. Like, nobody's ever walked up and be like, dude, I want to live just like you. I'm like, well, 
Of course you do. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't happen to me. I mean, so, I, you know, when I was like in middle school, that was kind of my approach for, for telling people about my faith. I'm just going to wait, man. I'm just going to try to live this awesome life. And they're going to come talk to me and I'm going to share the gospel when I, when I have to. When they finally walk up to me and ask me what I'm doing differently in my life, then that's the moment. That's the moment when I'm supposed to like bust out my testimony or something and like, well, let me present this story of my life. In the beginning, Britain was born. And, and like do this thing, and that's, that, was, that was what I waited for. Like through middle school and through high school, I'm like, man, dude, I need to like live better or something because ain't nobody won't talk to me about this. So, so the gospel never got shared out of my mouth because when necessary, share, share with words or whatever. When necessary, use words. I was like, apparently it's not necessary. Nobody's asking. I don't know if that fits. I don't think I see that in scripture very much. I see people loving people really, really well. I see, I see early church, I see the, the early church is loving people passionately and deeply and, and sharing and meeting all needs. I mean, I, I see them doing that, but I always see the gospel present at the forefront. Um, if, if there were someone that I wanted to be like in all of history, uh, Peter, um, uh, not, well, Peter too, for that matter, but Paul would be one of the top people at the top of my list. The, the Apostle Paul, who, who um, went on these missionary journeys and started, started churches, like, not like little churches, like entire cities' churches, um, where he would go and he would show up and he would proclaim the gospel and, and, peop- and God would move and, and the Spirit would land on a place and entire, like, towns would come to faith. Like, left a, left a like, un, undeniable mark on the world because of what he did. Because he, he showed up at places and he loved people well and... He shared the gospel and just did it passionately and repeatedly and consistently, and, and the world was changed because of it. So, so if I want to be like Paul and, and I want to have an impact like Paul, I need to see how Paul did this. So, so in First Thessalonians, we get to kind of like do a little bit of archaeology and, and look at what Paul was saying about himself in the past, and then we can kind of gather from that what he was doing. All right, so second, uh, First Thessalonians, verse, uh, well, chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, it says, You know, brothers, that our visit to you was not a failure. We had previously suffered and been insulted in Philippi, as you know. With the help of our God, we, we dared to tell you his gospel in spite of strong opposition. What was going on? He, he, uh, Paul and Silas and Timothy, they, they had left um, a town called Philippi because they had basically gotten beaten and run out of town. It's a good reason to leave a town. If I get beaten with a stick and shoved out of the gate, I'm out. So, so it just gets really, really bad at Philippi. Things go, things go down. And so they end up down, down the road at Thessalonica. It's, it's a really bad town name. So he, they end up at Thessalonica. And under threat of death, they start sharing the gospel with people. They show up in town and begin telling people about the hope that they have in Christ. That they've found the Savior of the world who can forgive sin and make them new. The one who, the one who literally died on the cross in, in their place. And so they show up under threat of death and they start telling people that news. And people start responding. They show up and they start sharing the gospel. And it goes on uh, down, we'll drop down to like verse 8. It says, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. That phrase at the beginning of that verse 8, that, that we loved you so much, you see that in your Bible? If you've got, you got ESV, it says uh, kind of a more flowery version of that. But um, in NIV, it says we loved you so much that we were delighted. So that phrase right there, it's this um, super uh, awesome Greek word called amiromai. It's just like a pretty word, amiromai. You know, name your kid that or something. Um, not a boy, it's a girl name. Amiromai is a girl name. Anyway, so you name your girl amiromai. What it really means is um, to long for, but not in like a distance kind of way. It, 
It's really a weird word. It doesn't come up very much in Scripture. Um, it, 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 it really means to have like a deep abiding connection with. Like to be like super, super, super tight. Like think about the people in, that you are closest to in the entire world. You know, there's, there's things that when you get really close, you're like super connected, like, like family kind of level of connected that you, you do that you don't do with anybody else. Like when you've got that family kind of commitment that you can't really get out of, I mean, some things are just okay that's not okay else, elsewhere. And you've got, you got friends that sometimes, especially in high school, you get so close with some friends that that, that closeness sometimes will even kind of eclipse the closeness you have with your actual real family. You know, the, the kind of people I'm talking about are the kind of people you share gum with. Like, dude, I need some gum. I know this is weird. Just give me some gum. Give me that gum in your mouth. I'm going to chew that gum right now. Like the, the people that that would be weird but still okay, that person. You got it? Like, like, the, like, the, like dude, I've only got two bucks. You got two bucks. Can I, dude, I, let's just share an ice cream cone. It's not weird. Let's just, <laughs> I don't have enough money to go to 32 degrees. Can we just split one? Like, I won't like lick it. We'll get spoons. It won't be that weird. But we'll get two spoons and two dudes are just going to rock one bowl of 32 degrees ice cream. And it's not going to be weird. Can we? Are we that close? Are we that close? Have you ever said that to somebody? Are we that close? Because I need you to be that close because I want to split an ice cream with you. Is that, is that weird? There are the people that, um, like, when we, you go on, like, a, a youth trip and you forgot your toothbrush. You forgot your toothbrush and, and you, you're, like, unpacking at Centrifuge. All of you forgot your toothbrush at Centrifuge because your breath was rank. And so we're at Centrifuge, and you open up your little Ziploc bag that your mom gives you full of toiletry items, and there's no toothbrush. And you're like, are we that close? You know what I'm saying? That kind of level. And they're like, we're that close, man. Hold it out. Here, run some hot water on it, but it's going to be fine. The people, the people that like when you're super sweaty, when it's like 97 degrees outside and you're still sweating from being outside when you walked inside uh, and you're like, can I, get a, can, I, can, I get a, can I get a hit? Like, can I get, just give me a swipe. Just a little swipe of your deodorant. It's not weird. Just, just give me that. I'm going to get all up in there. I'm going to get three swipes, you know? Three, three not one, direct, bi-directional. One, two, three. Like, you know, that kind of guy. Like the people that, yeah, you right now, you're like touching. See, Exactly. There's people that you get super, super connected with where stuff's just not weird anymore because like, you're just sharing everything. Everything gets shared because there, there's no separation between you anymore. That's how close you are. That's Omiramai. Got it? Makes sense? Omiramai. That's that you share deodorant. Omiramai. All right? So let's read it again. Verse 8. Omiramai. We loved you so much. We were so connected to you. We were sharing deodorant, dude. So that we were, we, we were so close that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but our very lives as well. The Britton Latham version of that verse says, says this, uh, you jokers were like family to us. When we, were, when we were hanging out with you guys in Thess- Thessalonica, we were like family. So much so that we didn't just only want to share the gospel with you. We also wanted to share our very lives with you. I mean, everything, I just want to share, be, do life with you. I just want to hang out. Not only did I, I want to share the gospel with you, I also wanted to spend time with you, like hang out with you, share meals together. Not only did I want to share the gospel, I wanted to share your life. Which one of those things came first? The gospel. Not only do I want to share the gospel with you, I want to love you super, super well. He began with the gospel. He was connected with these people like share gum level. Like 
family, as connected as he could be to them. But the gospel was the starting point. When he, when he walked into town, even when, after he got to know them, man, the, the, the thing that was driving him forward was a desire for the people that he cared so much about to have an understanding of who Jesus was, to come to a saving relationship with Christ. Because, because think about it this way. If we are going to be people who try to love our friends well and love our families well and love people outside this place well, and we, we fail to share the gospel with them, are we really loving them? Like if, if I try to meet needs for, for my friends, if I try to be supportive and encouraging when things go down, and I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure out how to actively make a choice to love my friends well, but I withhold the thing that can change their life for eternity, am I really being loving? If I do all the easy small things that, that don't make me feel awkward inside and I, and I skip over the one thing that scares me a little bit, is that love? Or is that selective love? Is that loving when it's convenient, loving when it's easy, and loving when it's not so awkward? I think a lot of you guys are awesome at loving your friends well. I think you guys are doing less great, but still okay at loving your family well. Just <laughs> being honest. But when it comes to this thing, the, the preeminent way that you can that you can serve somebody, that you can help somebody, not for this life, but for the life to come, man, that's sharing the gospel with someone. And at that point, I think so many times we stop. I'm willing to do the thing where I'm going to share the gospel and I'm, when necessary, use words. And necessary means that when you walk up to me and force me to. But outside of that, I just kind of just want to share the gospel without words, if that's a thing. Can I sign up for that crew? Like the, I don't say anything ever, but I love you really well. Can I be on that team? I don't think you can. I don't think that's a thing. Uh, today I had um, lunch with uh, one of my buddies, um, uh, Alex Doman. Alex is around in here. So where's Alex at? Doman. Um, there's, that's Alex over there. He's, he's, we're friends. Uh, Alex has been hanging out in Greenhouse for a long time. You're like a junior in college or something now, right? What? What did you say? That sounds right. I forgot, dude. I don't know. Um, yeah. All right. So, uh, so Alex is a junior in, in, in college, and he's been coming to Greenhouse since his, uh, like, sophomore year, I think. Um, been in Greenhouse before I, I was here. Um, and so, so we sat down today, and, and he just kind of told me his story. And again, I told you I like, I like hearing stories. So he, he told me a story um, about how, uh, well, I, I've known for a long time that, that him and John the Bossy and, and Garrett Bossy, the Bossy brothers, it sounds like the, like, I've been calling you the bossy boys all day, which sounds like the beastie boys, which none of them know what that means, but, but, but the adults do. So that's cool. So to me, you're now the beastie boys. Anyway, um, but not in, not in a weird, not in a, in a good way. Like I'm, like I'm just, I, rev, I revere you like I do the beastie boys. Anyway, so the beastie boys are hanging out with Alex Doman and, um, and just kind of started to spend time together. Like John, like they're the same age and John starts inviting them over. They're just hanging out and doing fun stuff together. And, and Garrett kind of gets involved because he's the brother that's always around. And you know, he's the older brother. It's not, not like a jerk older brother, like the cool older brother, you know. And so they're, they're doing stuff together and chilling. And, and basically, they, they just get really, really close. Like, share gum close? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> share gum close. Uh, over a period of years, they get, like, share gum close, man. Where they, they, they're always together, man. Alex, Alex knows the bossy bossy's parents. And he's always at the house. And, and they're at his house. And it's just, they're very, very connected. But the, the difference between their friendships and a lot of your friendships are that consistently, Jonathan and Garrett were sharing the gospel with Alex. Consistently. For, like, seven years consistently. Not, like, in his face, like, telling, you know, hey, you got to know about Jesus. Like, not weird, but, like, 
just being honest about what they thought about things, being honest about their beliefs. When things came up, they just had conversations about it. When, when questions popped up at, from being at a church thing or something, they could talk about it. When Alex, is, he starts coming to Greenhouse because he trusts them. And they say, hey, you should come to Greenhouse. It's awesome. And he did because he trusts them. And so if Rob was in here preaching and Doman had a question, he had Jonathan and Garrett who were there to answer stuff. He got to see, they, had to see the way they went through struggles and trials and he got to see that there was a difference in their life <coughs> for seven years. That's a long time. That's, that's Omiramai. That's connected. I'm going to choke, so I have to drink water. So, <coughs> that doesn't feel good. Anyway, so seven years pass. Seven years of investment. Seven years of, uh, of the gospel being present in their friendship. And Alex, Alex had, a, had a, a strong head knowledge. He, he understood a lot about the gospel, but he had never made, had a moment when he had decided to make Jesus his personal savior, like, like invited Christ to forgive him. He, he, knew, he knew about things. He could have probably told you the gospel, but he had never made the gospel his own. And a week ago, Alex sat down with Garrett seven years after a relationship was, was initiated and gave his life to Christ. You should clap for that. So a week ago, Alex um, accepted the forgiveness that he'd uh, experienced out of the Bossy Boys. Um, he, he came to know the Savior that they talked so often about, um, and he places trust in the one that they trust. And today I asked him, man, do you, do you think that today sitting here in Chipotle eating you know, a, a, a barbacoa bowl, would, would, you be a, would you be a Christian if it weren't for the, the Bossy Boys? And he said, absolutely not. Are you kidding me? He said, I, I hope I would have been eventually, but I, I wouldn't be right now without them. Is love enough? Is it enough for me just to love the fool out of people and never speak up? Because I had friends that I loved pretty well in high school, and uh, they didn't sit down and have a conversation with me. They placed faith in Jesus because I never said much about him. They knew I went to church, and I took them to stuff every once in a while, but I didn't speak up. There's people that you're Omiramai with, man. You're connected, dude. Are you speaking up? Are you giving them the very best thing you can give them? The most significant thing out of anything, out of, out of any way you could love, encourage, support, whatever them, of all those things, the gospel is preeminent. The gospel matters most. The gospel is for eternity. The gospel is the one thing that gives true hope. The gospel is the one thing that really matters. Are you withholding that from them? I pray you're not. I pray that we would be people that would love well and would share Jesus. That we would not find those thing, two things mutually exclusive. That it would not be a possibility in your heart after you walk out of this room to say, I mean, I'm, I'm going to just do a great job loving on people and then the gospel is going to take care of itself. It will not. You are the game plan. It's your job. There's no one that's coming behind you. And if you don't do it, uh, there will be eternal consequences for that, for us withholding that from people.